here, and uh, we're going to be in Ephesians 4. That's not where I'm going to jump off with. Um, and uh, Ephesians 4 this morning. And apparently, based on what Brother Chris had said, that Brother Babcock preached a, a pre-2024 message in the theme, and I don't always do it. I have in the past, and I have, and I haven't in the past at the beginning of a year. Uh, but it's just, I don't know, maybe it's just the way everything is, um, and then just the way we're raised, we see the, the old man at the end of the year and all the the picture depictions of the end of the year and the baby at the beginning of the year and so on and so forth, father time and, and all that stuff. And we, we've seen that growing up in all of our lives and, uh, and maybe just because of the way that everything is um, and just the New Year holiday uh, and uh, all that it seems to bring. I don't know, uh, another year passing and so forth um, that just naturally... Uh, Reflection is naturally there, oftentimes at the end of a year, at the beginning of a new year, and uh, of course, people go through their their uh, their reflections, and then, of course, like Brother Glenn says, it's about their lies at the beginning of the year, but uh, you know their their resolutions that that sometimes, most of the time, don't don't last too awful long. Um, but uh, but I'm glad that we can be resolved. Uh, like Brother uh, Chris was pointing out in his testimony prior to the devotion this morning, uh, we can kind of take a time to reflect and to, uh, to understand where we're at spiritually, if we want to put that in our spiritual, you can do it in the physical as well, but in our spiritual walk, uh, see where we're at, the ruts that we get into. He didn't use the word ruts, but he talked about the patterns and the... Uh, the um, not necessarily sinful patterns, but just patterns of life that uh, that keep us from going anywhere, getting in a rut, and uh, is a way to put it. And uh, um, so I am going to go along those lines as far as the title goes. Pressing forward in 2024 uh, is kind of my thought, and I originally started with the, you know, as as a, as a, I was. Getting this, I was originally going to go to Philippians as far as Philippians 3, you know the, the, the verse. Brethren, Paul writing to the Philippian church, Brethren, I count, it not my, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. You, never, you can't go back. There's so many people that live in the past. Past hurts, past disappointments, past experiences. And though we can take those hurts and those disappointments and those experiences, both good and bad, and we can learn from them and we can take the experiences that we've had there and we can apply them to our lives, especially the good, good things, 
We can't live there. At Island Ford especially, and I know you keep, you're at Island Ford again. Well, I was there for a long time, and at Island Ford there was a nine-week revival. And we went on that revival for months and months after that revival. But, you know, looking back, as I was a part of that, and those at Island Ford, when it's referred to, Brother Hall, I mean, Brother Shepherd, the current pastor, was not the pastor then. The membership that was there can look back and often did look back, but although we would want to live there because revival did happen, there was a lot of, a lot of things that we got rid of, but a lot of things that, that come to life in our Christian walk during that time. It's a wonderful place, but I can't live there. I'm not there at the church, and I'm not there in time. But I can take the experiences that I, that I gained out of that, and I can say the good ones especially, and I can apply going forward. And that's, that's the thing. Oftentimes we get stuck in the past. And there was a song that I heard the testimony of how it was written or how it came to pass. It was written by one of the bigger-named gospel, southern gospel singers. But he, 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 was, he wrote the song based on this woman's testimony that kept that kind of would you know, follow him along as far as the concerts that he would sing and would call him, somehow got his number, would call him. And, you know, he would try to help her through her, her life or her to come to Christ. And he would get to a certain place and she says, I can't, I can't forgive. I can't, whatever. There was a hang-up there. And he, he wrote the song and it's entitled, Getting Past Your Past. And oftentimes we allow our past to, get, to keep us stuck somewhere whether it's in salvation or where it's in our Christian walk, our Christian growth. And often, sad to say, it's our salvation. We can't, we can't, we, in our mind, people will say, in people's minds, they can't get past their past because of some abuse that's taken place. I can't get saved because I don't feel worthy of salvation because I've done X in my past. Or why has happened to me in my past? And there's no way that God would take me because I feel dirty because why happened to me? I just felt a release there. I sat over here just a minute ago and I thought, man, there's, a, there's just something that's gonna, it's keeping me. And I was like, I'm, we're going to pray in a minute. I said, how in the world am I going to preach this this morning, Lord? <laughs> There's just something here that's just keeping me, and there's just a release. I must have hit something. I must uh, let me back that plow up, drop her down a couple more notches. We're going to do that because I think that that's where maybe some of you are. You've been drawn to the altar before. You've prayed tears on the altar before. But there's something that just is got you nailed that you won't let go of. Excuses or hurts, or whatever. But whatever that is that's keeping you from salvation is going to drag you to hell. Unless we get beyond. 
So pressing forward. Again, Paul writing here, brethren, he's writing to the brethren, he's writing to the church. I, brethren, I press, I count not myself to have apprehended. So there's something out there that I'm reaching for. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And Brother Glenn, if you were here in the Sunday school hour, he basically just laid it all out of what that high prize, that prize of the high calling of God is in Christ Jesus. And that was just four points. There's so much more that we have in Christ that we are going to get one of these days in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to get that city. We're going to get the street of gold. We're going to get those foundations of those precious uh, stones. We're going to get a new body where we'll never grow old like we sang just a moment ago. Hallelujah. We're going to get all those things. And Paul writing, I'm pressing toward the mark, forgetting those things are behind. I'm now in Christ Jesus. And in Christ Jesus, there's a prize of the high calling of God that I'm going to get. And he preached that or taught that, preached, preached that, taught that in the Sunday school hour. And we look forward to that, hallelujah, as a child of God. So pressing forward in 2024, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you, dear God, for your love, your mercy, and your graces. I thank you, Lord, for the testimony of Brother Chris before his devotion. Uh, Lord, how that, like he, we as individuals need to resolve some things in our lives. Not looking at others, but to look inwardly and resolve things inwardly. And with the grace of God and by his help, by the Spirit's help, which we're going to get to in just a moment, see those things accomplished in our lives. I pray, Lord, for those that are here that's lost and chained to something, a hurt, a disappointment, a sin that does so easily beset them, a pet sin, something they're not willing to let go that's going to drink them to hell. I pray that they would, the day would be the day that they would be released of that. And the Holy Spirit of God would help them get beyond that in the birth, in the birth canal of the new birth that's found in Jesus Christ. I pray and ask that you would help we as saints, Lord, as we go forward to this year, to endeavor to follow you more closely in our, each of our individual lives and as our family and as a church. And I pray that you'll guide us and direct us, Lord, as we go forward. We ask and pray these things in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen and amen. Now, Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4. So we get the pressing forward there. And really, I got stuck because I thought I could have all these different points, but I just got two. <laughs> but... <laughs> But there's a whole lot to those two. Let's put it that way. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 1. Ephesians 4 verse 1. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. 
endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Oh, there is a period there. There is one body and one Spirit even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. All right, so we understand, uh, and I'm, we're going to wind up going through the whole chapter, I believe, but, um, but the one thing that I couldn't help, you know, it was just going to be a point, but it is the point, I think, this morning, and that is that word unity we see there in verse number four, the unity of the Spirit. The unity, unity, and unity as we press forward. We can't go forward unless we're unified. Unified in the body, unified in our walk. You, 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 your house divided uh, cannot stand and will fall. And of course, Amos puts it this way in Amos 3 3 Can two walk together, lest, or I'm sorry, can two walk together except they be agreed? And I looked up the word unity in the Word of God, and it's only found, the word unity is only found three places. Twice is here in Ephesians chapter 4. The, uh, the first time is found in Psalm 133. And is a song of degrees of David. Behold, verse number 1, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. Of course, the... I said that unity is only found three times in the Bible, and it is, but one accord is found multiple times. One accord, and unity and the aspects of unity put in different terms are found multiple places in the Bible, but the word unity, these three. So, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head Ran, that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments as he drew as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. And again, it goes back to our Sunday school, that life forevermore. But this unity and, and the song of David, the, the psalm of David, a song of degrees here, David is saying that it's, it's pleasant for brethren to dwell in unity, and he, uh, he, uh, uh, he accounts it as precious ointment in verse number 2, and that ointment, and he mentioned Aaron, as an anointing. We, we, we talked about that anointing here. Back some, do you think about the anointing oil, the anointing ointment, and how, of course, it, he says here in the psalm how it ran down, and how that, that anointing, that ointment that was placed upon Aaron's head, that ran down to his beards and the skirts of his garments, how that, that anointment was refreshing. That anointment was precious. That anointment was a blessing. Here in verse number 3, uh, that the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. So uh, the, the, the anointment uh, oftentimes in the Word of God is for the healing of the nations for the anointing uh, of 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 men and 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 we you know when we we uh, we we uh, anoint with oil there in the, in James according to there when we pray over people we anoint with oil 
Not, it's not in the anointing, and I mean, it's not in the oil, it's in the faith or in the prayers of the, of the, of the saints, but still, yet yeah, we're directed to anoint. There's a, something about that, just a, a setting aside, uh, an anointing, uh, a, a laying on the hands. Uh, it's, it's all biblical, uh, and, and, and some people say, well, that's just ceremony, but God directs it. And there's something about somebody coming to the... Um, the seriousness of the matter. I think a whole lot of times, you know, if people, in fact, uh, Brother Gris was talking about, you know, some of these other, other so-called churches, you know, you get in and it's just chaos. And, and there's a, you know, spirit just come as you are. You know, uh, and, and, and you, you go in and there's a coffee bar. <laughs> I've, I've been in some of those buildings. And there's a coffee bar, and they've got, and it's just, it's just, you, you, the black ceilings. I just don't understand the black ceilings. And it's like a warehouse, <laughs> and 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 a and, and a stage. It's like a bar room, a party house, and they say that that's worship. God is a God of order. All through the scriptures, the sacrifices were placed in order. God is not the author of confusion, the Bible tells us. So who is the author of confusion? When you go in and it's just, you go in and just, just all over the place. And then they'll leave and probably forget, I mean, they might have a good feeling because, you know, they're wore out from dancing Person will get up in his skinny jeans and his glass pulpit, if he has a pulpit, and he'll give them uh, something that makes them feel good, and they'll come back the next week just to get another feel good. Yeah. Versus, versus taking the word of God and 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 growing thereby. So anyway, unity. So it is precious, according to the psalmist. It is pleasant, I should say, according to the psalmist, for brethren to dwell in unity. And we see the unity of the Spirit here in Ephesians. We also see the unity of faith. And we're going to touch those as we go down through here and speak some things. And there'll be the morning message. Well, so, behold how good and how pleasant. There, oh, not very right. Verse number 1 of Ephesians 4. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation where wherewith you are called with all lowliness and meekness and longsuffering and bearing and forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And I wish I had written down the reference, um, but that unity of the Spirit uh, talks about because there was a, 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 I seen I seen the reference. It was in James, and I and I, I didn't go there. Didn't write it down. But the unity of the Spirit, not only in unification in salvation, where we all believe that Jesus Christ died according to our sins, according to the Scriptures. He was raised, buried, and raised again the third day, according to the Scriptures, and was seen of many, as we read there in Corinthians, and that's the gospel message, and we. 
are drawn by the Spirit into salvation and we're unified in salvation by the same Spirit. You're not going to get here. You know, the one, I, I think the good, I know the Goodman's saying it. I can't remember. I think one of the Goodmans wrote it, Happy Goodman family. I think Rusty Goodman might have wrote it. But we, it's in some of our hymnals that we sing. But um, we have some songs. I get where they're coming from, but it's not that way. We're not going to get to heaven and, and compare notes on how we got there. <coughs> you know, we're just going to sit down by the river of life and we're going to soak our feet, cast a line, get one of them glorified fish. Anyway, I don't know. I mean, that's what some people want to, want to give that, 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 you know, we're just going to sit there and you'll tell me how you got there and I'll tell you how I got there. You know, like we're working our way to there. I did this and I did this and I did this and here I am. Well, oh, really? Well, I did this and I did this and I did this and here I am. No, 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 it's not going to be that way. We are all going to get there by faith in Jesus Christ. That was just presented in our Sunday school hour. He that believeth. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That was labored in our Sunday school hour. And we're all there. And it's the Spirit of God, John 6, 44, that draws us. The Spirit of God draws us to himself. We're walking along. I, some people, in fact, I prayed in the, in, the, in the men's prayer room just a little while ago. I don't know what your motive is here today, that what brought you here today. Maybe it's the good food that we're smelling down the hall. I hope that's not just it. But if he gets you here under the gospel and God can get a hold of your heart and you leave, you leave saved today, then hallelujah. Thank God for a chicken leg. And a roast that might be down the hallway. But what, whatever motive that brought you here, you know, I, I've heard people testify, I went, I went just to get my wife off my back. I went because I promised my brother that I'd go. I went looking for a wife. Because <laughs> I didn't want a wife from the people that I run, you know, run around with. I wanted a good girl. So I went to church looking for a wife. I've heard those kind of testimonies. He goes, and so my motive going to the house of God was not the right motive, but when I got there, God had different things in store for me. God got a hold of me and showed me that I was a wicked, lost sinner on my way to hell. And he showed me that Jesus Christ was the only way to salvation. I put my faith and trust in him, repenting of my sins and believing in the gospel, and God saved me. And it's been a new walk ever since. I've heard testimony after testimony after testimony along those lines. The unity of the Spirit, the unity of the Spirit in salvation. We have to be there. Uh, he's talking to the Ephesian church here. He's talking about dwelling together in unity and then endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That goes back with how we treat each other, church. And the vocation which we are called here in the same sentence with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, 
forbearing one another. Does everything that happened in the church satisfy you? No. Does everything happen in the church satisfy me as the pastor? No. But sometimes I, as the pastor, when I see certain things and certain things happen that's a little contrary to really the way that they ought to be happening, I'm talking about in the church. There's a time and a way and a place, and sometimes time itself and the Spirit of God will fix itself because, again, the same Spirit that's in, that's in you as a believer is the same Spirit that's in me as a believer, and it doesn't necessarily always have to be called out. Because if you've got the Spirit of God living in you, and i got the Spirit of God living in me, and the things that don't set straight, I mean, yes, there is a time to say, sit down. There is a time. There is a time to say, you're out of order. I've seen that. I've been in places like that. I've seen pastors set people down. I've seen people call, pastors call them out. The people are out of order. But lots of times a pastor can just take it, and like it says here, with a word forbearing, <laughs> and practice some long-suffering, and take it to God in the altar, in the prayer closet, and let God, the Holy Spirit, deal with it. Let God, the Holy Spirit, correct it, because when God, the Holy Spirit, corrects it in a certain person's heart, then guess what? It's probably corrected for good. Especially if they're walking in the Spirit as they ought to. But oftentimes we're not forbearing. We're not long-suffering. Help us now. <laughs> we don't deal with things in lowliness and meekness. And if we would be treated in when we do something wrong like we think that we should be treating treating others when they do something wrong with a hammer and a fist then that wouldn't be for, well where's my where's my long suffering where's my forbearance why didn't you do practice that with me <laughs> yeah, well have you practiced that with others do unto others as you would have them do unto you and if you're constantly handling it that way with others, then don't be surprised when you're handled that way. So unity of the Spirit in salvation, unity of the Spirit in our walk, in the bond of peace. He deals with it is the bond there, so we have to be unified in the Spirit in salvation, and that's what makes us brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what's put us in the body of Christ, is salvation. There's other, place, other things there that I can say, but just for sake of being in the body, unified in the same Spirit, which put us there in salvation, we're all saved, then baptized, we see the one baptism here, and so on and so forth. But here the church endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That word endeavoring is a big word. Not only, it's got that many letters. 
But endeavoring takes work. You've got to want to do it. You've got to work at it. It's not just going to happen on its own. This is something that we as brothers and sisters in Christ need to do together. Endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That's what glues us together. As a body, he deals with the body in the very next verse. He deals with the body in Corinthians. <laughs> and how the eye wants to be a mouth and how the mouth wants to be an ear. It don't work that way. Well, I'm a little toe in the house of God, in the body of Christ. I don't want to be a little toe. I'm always covered up with a sock and a shoe. Nobody ever gets to see me. <laughs> but you cut the little toe off, it's going to affect the balance of the church. And then when you get to heaven, there's where your reward will be. Were you a good little toe in the house of God? Were you a good little toe in the body of Christ? Did you keep balance in the body down at Sooner Rose? If you were faithful, there's the. We're going to be a judge as as children, both both at the Great White Throne Judgment and at the Judgment Seat of Christ. We're going to judge according to our works. But when we get there, when we get there, judge according to our works, and then our faithfulness that a. A steward be found faithful. Was you a faithful little toe or a faithful mouth or a faithful ear or a faithful pinky? Whatever part of the body that God has got you in it sooner rose, were you faithful at it? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace that holds us together, church. Whenever there's a schism like Paul wrote about there in Corinthians, a schism in the body, that means there's a breakage there. It, things don't work right. If I stump my big toe, it affects the whole body. If I hit this nail with a hammer instead of the nail I was supposed to be hitting, it affects the whole body. When the body piece is not there... It affects the whole body. We need to work at that, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and the Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Told Brother Chris, I'd like to talk with him again. Everybody's like, yeah, I remember when you talked to him the first time. We went ahead and ate, and you guys was in the office forever. He must, he must have been in real, real trouble. See how you guys work? He wasn't in trouble. I want to talk with him again, told him so. Because I, as a preacher in the church, I, and as the pastor of the church, two preachers, I, I, I told him the other day, I felt that I haven't uh, given of myself as to him as a preacher as I ought to have. And he's like, what is it about? I said, nothing major. I just want to talk. 
to bind the body, to, oh yeah, that's why in that same conversation that I, about talking, he's, he's like, what about the, I said, just, I just want to talk. And I said that, you know, I'm not outside your spiritual health as your pastor. I'm not one of those pastors that micromanages all aspects of every piece of your life. I don't care if you buy Charmin and I buy not Charmin. I mean, <laughs> at one time, you know, when I had all my children at home, we bought Scott. One ply, pretty rough stuff. And when people, when my brother come to my house, he's like, he's like, brother, you're going to have to do something about your toilet paper. Well, it's my house. He likes the two-ply fluffy stuff. I don't, <laughs> I don't care if you like the two-ply fluffy stuff and I like the one-ply not-so-fluffy stuff because that's all I could afford. Now, I get two-ply, fluffy-er, but not Charmin. But there are preachers... And some of you know some of them that want to know what color you say. I'm, I, yeah, just in conversation. I'm getting ready to paint my house. You know, or, you know paint my living room. Well, what color are you going to paint? Well, I, I, we're going to go with whatever color. I, I don't think that that'd be good in your house. I've been in your living room before. Who cares? If you want a black living room, then that's your business. I don't have to, if I visit you, I might kind of look around going, what in the world were they thinking? But I'm not going to, I'm not going to put, twist your arm behind your back and say, you really don't need to paint your living room blue, especially that color. It's too dark. I don't care. When you make, I mean, yes, I love you. And and for and and people that's in here that's been down the road, that's got some uh, some experience of life behind them, whether it's in a certain field or a certain biz, you know, business in general or whatever. Great if you want to call upon them between you interpersonally and learn from them. Hallelujah. And the same with me. If you want to know about certain things that I might want to, you know, might, might have the expertise in. Person to person, I will give you my opinion. But when it affects the church, you know, I just, I mean, if it's, if it's, you know, you, you decide to buy a Ford instead of a Chevrolet, fine. You can buy a Ford instead of a Chevrolet. I'm probably going to buy a Chevrolet. I'm not going to get up here and say, all the members of the Sooner Rose Baptist Church needs to drive a Chevrolet. And, or all men in the Sooner Rose Baptist Church need to grow facial hair. Or all men in the Sooner Rose Baptist Church need to shave. I know preachers that do that. If you... Grow a beard, hallelujah. God gave it to you. <laughs> if you decide to shave it, glory to God. You might not look good in beard or it's splotchy. You can't grow a full beard, whatever. But I'm not going to sit up here and dictate those types of personal things. And if I don't do it, then you don't necessarily need to do it amongst yourselves. 
You might have an opinion, well, I, I think that they're headed down the wrong, okay, and maybe you can share your concern, but if they, if they exercise their W-I-L-L, which we've talked about, and go against your advice, then you just need to F-O-R-B-E-A-R <laughs> them in L-O-V-E. Let them make their own mistakes. And maybe they'll come to you later on and say, I really should have listened to you. <laughs> but don't fret. Just keep making your mistakes. Keep winning your victories in your home and your individual lives and let them do that. Now, when it comes to the spiritual walk, that's a different story. If I'm the overseer as your pastor and I see you headed spiritually somewhere that you ought not to be or I, your personal life is definitely expecting the spiritual life and or the spiritual life of the church, then that's a different story. It needs to be addressed. But for individual decisions... But we have the Spirit, like it says right there, one God and Father of all who is above all and, and through you all and in you all. We have the Spirit. If you see a brother or sister and you think that they could do better, talk to the Father about it. He's in them. Go to the Father and say, Father, your other child there in the church is really headed down a wrong uh, path that they probably don't need to go. I've been down that path before, and you know that I made mistakes, and I've learned that lesson. If they would listen to me, allow me to be intervene, but if not, please just intervene on their behalf. Like the primitive quartet sing. Talk about the church. Uh, let's see. Talk. What is it? Read it before. Uh. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Um, go and tell Jesus on me. That's it. Go and tell Jesus on me. We've read this before. It's pretty good stuff. While traveling along down life's little pathway, I've stumbled and failed, but I'm glad to say the Lord in my weakness has always been near me. Still call my name each time you pray. Go and tell Jesus on me. When my faults and failures you see, if you are my brother, don't go tell another. Go and tell Jesus on me. The Savior, he died that we might be pardoned, and they nailed him to an old rugged tree. He saved my soul, but each day I still need him. So go and tell Jesus on me. Go and tell Jesus on me. When my faults and failures you see, if you are my brother, don't go tell another. Go and tell Jesus on me. All right, next. <laughs> Unity of the Spirit. Verse number 11. This is from 11, if I, if I mark, marked it right. From 11 all the way down to 16 is one sentence. If I looked at it right, I actually put it in a sentence form in my note here. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. For what reason did he give them to you, church? because he's talking to the church as a whole here, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all, that's talking about everybody, till we all come in the unity of the faith. 
and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth may be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head... Uh, wait, wait. Yeah, into things, yeah, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working of the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. <laughs> Period. <laughs> One whole sentence. So he starts off with the gifts of the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And it's for <clears throat> the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body, till, so how long? How long? So there is a goal. I press toward the mark of the prize, the high calling of God. So all these things need to happen until, he uses the word till there, till we all come. Have we all arrived yet? No. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. And I pulled out my highlighter because I highlighted the word and there. So it's not just unity of faith, of the faith, but and the knowledge of the Son. So we get up here and we teach and we preach about the knowledge of the Son, but I want to deal with the unity, the unity of the faith. I couldn't help but to think of the passage. And if I when I say Hebrews 13, everybody's gonna go, oh, we heard that one before. But not there down at the bottom of Hebrews, chapter 13. I'm going to go back up to the top there uh, as far as that column in my Schofield Bible. Hebrews 13, verse number 7. Remember them which have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God. Does that not sound like uh, prophets and evangelists and apostles and pastors and teachers who spoke to you the word of God? Who have spoken unto you the word of God. Remember them, he says. And then there's a colon, and he says, Whose faith follow? Considering the end of their conversation. And, and, and as I was reading this one more time, I couldn't help to see the next verse in a new light. Whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation, could the next verse be the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Is that not what the pastor, the preachers, the teachers, that's what we should endeavor, that everybody, should, that should be the end of our conversation. And we should, like Ephesians just says, that we should... Uh, till we all come, we are uh, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body in Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. And if I am, if my faith, and you're following my faith, considering the end of my conversation, if the end of my conversation is not pointing you to Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever, something might be wrong. 
if the end of my conversation and you're following my faith and the end of my conversation is, hey, I need a new Cadillac, <laughs> which happens out there. I need a new airplane. I need a gold uh, ring on every finger. What is the end of their conversation? If the end of their conversation, I'd be a good, play, a good way to, to measure a man is the end of their conversation. Like it says there in Ephesians, uh, the doctrine, let's see, and, there we go, and the knowledge of the Son of God and the end of our conversation there in Hebrews in the fact that it says, where am I at there? In my, there we go. Jesus Christ the same today, yesterday, and today, uh, today and forever. Are we pointing people to Christ? Is our faith, who has spoken to the word of God, faith in the word of God pointing us to Christ and our walk with Christ, our becoming as Christ as a Christian, our sanctification and our walk and our endeavoring? What is the end of our conversation? Again, you can tell who a hireling is based on what the end of his conversation is. If he has a true heart and true desire to see men and women, boys and girls saved and grow in, in, the, in the, the care and the admonition of the Lord, grow in their walk and grow in their talk, that's a pretty good indication that he has a heart for the sheep. He has a desire. He doesn't just, as we read there back some time ago, he don't have a desire just to let them run, let them get in, into trouble. He watches. There's a ravine over there. There's thorns over there. Hey, over here's where the good water is. Over here is where the good grass is. Come eat over here. This is where God wants you to eat. Don't fall in that ravine, and when you do, doesn't poke you down in there even further. No, he takes you by the crook of the staff, and he pulls you out. If you'll let him. Some people get down in that crevice, and they're, and they're I'm here to help you. It's going to hurt a little bit when I pull you back out against those sharp rocks that you're against. No, just leave me down in here. I don't want to go that way. I like it here in the dark where there's no food and water. So what is the pastor supposed to do? Pull you out in love. Try to establish your goings again. Get you in the right path again. Does it hurt? Yes. Sometimes. And ultimately, it's the body of Christ that we edify, unified as believers. Verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling gave themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness and righteousness. We're not supposed, we're not supposed to walk that way. Walk not that way as other Gentiles walk. And he says, and again, pointing people to Christ. Verse number 20. But ye have not so learned Christ, 
even, I'm sorry, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that ye put on the new man, which, is at, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, period. Let's see here. Oh, Douglas, you're in the wrong place. Verse number 25. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth. Who is he talking to there? He's talking to believers. Believers lie? Apparently. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man the truth. Every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Going back to the body. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor with his own hands. Or labor working with his hands. The thing which is good. That he, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of the edifying, or here's again, edifying the body, that it may minister grace unto the hearers and grieve not the Holy Spirit. Now, we talked about having the, spirit, uh, the unity of the Spirit, unity of the faith. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby we are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with malice. That means you put it away and you don't want it back. You, of, you, try, you with all your being, try to keep that from coming back in your life. And be ye kind one to another. Parents, this is a good verse. When you got squabbles among the children, you're old enough to write, I think it's... My, my wife and her sister had to write this verse <laughs> a few times when, her, when they got into it. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. That little word hath, H-A-T-H, what tense is that? When did that take place? Is that past tense? And we talked about the past and dwelling there. Look, thank God that he hath forgiven me. Thank God that that is in the past. And as we forgive one another, he being our example, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. When it's true forgiveness, church, <laughs> it's in the past. Thirty years later, you shouldn't big dig it back up again and say, don't you remember when? Well, wait a minute. Uh, I remember 30 years ago that you F-O-R- you said you F-O-R-G-A-V-E-Me. 
I said I was sorry. You said you forgave me. Why are you bringing it up 30 years later? Because you're stuck in the past. Look, this is the first Sunday of 2024. And I did pull out these. I'm going to read these because I said there's more than just unity that speaks about unity in the Word of God. Acts 2, 46. And they continued daily with one accord. That's unity. They continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness. Here it is. And singleness of heart. Woo. That goes back to the unity of the faith. Are we all following the faith? It says, now, you know, as God guides and directs us, I mean, I know we were in the ministry of prayer. That's, that's bore itself out in the testimonies in our prayer meeting on Saturday nights and on Wednesday nights about people on the outside requesting prayer from us, knowing that if they request prayer from us, we're going to call their name out in prayer at the throne of grace. And if that's the ministry that God's given us, hallelujah, I'm for it. And if he should lead in any other direction, glory to God, we'll head that way. But we've got to be unified in it, and we've got to have a singleness of heart in it. Otherwise, it's not going to go forward. We've got to walk. Can two walk together except they be agreed, unified? They were singleness. They, 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 they continued. They break, broke bread from house to house, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God. And having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily as should, such as should be saved. I wonder if the and the Lord <laughs> added to the church daily as such as should be saved directly went back to them being in one accord and of singleness of heart. Hmm, that's a good thought. So if there's a schism in the body, why would anybody else want to join this body? But if they see unified unification down here and they see a singleness of heart and, and love and the edifying of the body of Christ down here, they're like, that's a bunch of what I want. To, I want what they've got. Just like when Brother Glenn was down here this morning and he was excited about heaven, I'm like, I don't know what got into Brother Glenn, but I want to know what he got because he was excited about it this morning. There's another time that they were in one accord. <laughs> in Acts chapter 7, verse 57. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit Calling upon those stones, Stephen, calling upon God, upon God, not they. Calling upon God, Stephen was calling upon God. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Both of them, both groups, were in one accord. One accord to the to the praise, praise of God, 
one accord with gladness and singleness of heart, or one accord to the, or just say, one accord to the praise of God, or one accord to the stoning of Stephen. Both were in one accord. Both are unified, both groups. How are we going to be unified? We're going to fight and carry on and stone each other. Break down the body. Are we going to go forward and praise the Lord or unify the body and the edifying of the body? The edifying of itself. Let me just read again. Verse number 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. That means everybody, all parts, doing what they're supposed to be doing according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, in making, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. We can be unified either way. Hopefully, it's to the positive. Hopefully, as we go forward in 2024, we can leave the past behind Learn from the past, learn from those mistakes, learn from the hurts, learn from those things, but body, church, say folks, don't let it weigh you down. Don't let it hold you in place. Don't let it hinder your walk or the walk of the body. And then those here that are lost, I felt... Uh, just that I knew that God was in that statement. I just felt God say, "There's there's a problem there. Somebody is keeping something in, in something in their past again. It could be lots of things: <sighs> abuse that has instilled a mistrust in others." Lots of different things. That, have, that every time that the Holy Spirit of God deals with you about your salvation, you want to be saved, you know that heaven is real, you know that hell is real, you know that what the Word of God says about both, and that if you don't get saved, you're headed to hell and the lake of fire, according to the Scriptures. And you know that in your heart, you know that in your mind, and the Spirit of God has dealt with you in the past before, but when you get to the birthing canal, something is brought up in your mind, something is brought up in your heart that won't let you get beyond the birth canal. You keep going back, going back, going back my prayer that you let go and reach for God through Jesus Christ and his shed blood upon the cross of Calvary for your sins. As we have a song of invitation.